This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to episode 62 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Andy. I'm Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm special guest, Aaron. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on this special edition of Paranormal Dads. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this very special edition, off-location version of Paranormal Dads. And we have not three, but four dads in the house today. We're joined by special guest Aaron. Thanks for being here, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. It's nice to be here. Always fun to have special guests on the show. It's been too long since we've had a guest, so this is super fun. And, and to have, have one as cool yeah. as Aaron. Oh, well, well, come the on. The cool now. factor definitely goes up. <laughs> yeah. you, you came out well, of the... you're saying too many nice things. Yeah. You wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are actually recording this from inside our motel room uh, on the border of Oklahoma and Arkansas. Now, you might be wondering, what are we doing in this part of the country? We're from Omaha, Nebraska. Well, Aaron kind of lives out here in this neck of the woods. Um, give you a little bit of context. We are here... You're searching for werewolves, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can elaborate, but essentially we are looking for a werewolf-type creature. A uh, little little backstory to how this all came about. Yeah, yeah, let's back it up. Because, you know, you, you tell, and this happened to me the other day. I told a friend, okay, we're going hunting for werewolf, not hunting, but searching for werewolf-type creatures on the border of Arkansas and Oklahoma, and she kind of looked at me side-eyed. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you'll have that. That's fair. As one would. <laughs> So Can you he... believe she looked at me weird? Can you <laughs> the audacity of this person? To You're not looking take... for what? Werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> so about a year and a half ago, I stumbled upon a, a, a podcast called Dogman Encounters Radio. You know, and I, I we listen to the, we fall asleep listening to podcasts like this all the time. So I thought, okay, I'll give this a shot. Never heard of a dogman, and and you know, one episode turned into twelve. Twelve turned into a hundred. I'm now three hundred and eighty episodes into this. <laughs> The show Dude is, is putting out a serious amount of content <laughs> if he's at 300 episodes. Crazy. Well, and that's a testament to how many people are seeing this. And, and he has a fairly selective topic, too, right? He's, he's, it's dogmen that he's talking to. He's not going into ghosts. He's not going to UFOs. It's dogmen. Yeah. You're not even going to go on about the, uh, the um, Fresno Nightcrawler, bro? You're not even going to do that? <laughs> no Fresno Nightcrawlers. No, just Dogman. No. Now, what is a Dogman, you might ask? Well, it is a creature that basically has the, the giant body, eight foot, nine foot. Sometimes the sightings get that big, but it's the, the body of a wolf, um, head of a wolf. But the thing that makes these creatures unique is their ability to stand and run on two feet. All right. To, so to sum up, you know, you get into this this podcast uh, hosted by Vic Cundiff. He's the host of the Dogman Encounters Radio. Three hundred and eighty episodes in, and it, what this show is, it's a call-in show. It's first-hand eyewitness accounts of people who have seen up close and personal a creature that's become known as Dogman. And essentially, what it is, it's a seven, eight, nine, ten-foot-tall beast. 
essentially, um, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about a werewolf. Only difference is many people don't believe this is the classic uh, man on a full moon changing into a, a wolf. This is a, it's thought to be a flesh and blood creature. What sets this apart from a normal wolf is its size and the fact that it's seen on most occasions, almost every single account has these things on two feet, not yeah. only walking on two feet, but running on two feet, Some, sometimes upwards of 50, 60 miles an hour. They're known to be highly aggressive compared to Sasquatch and the people who have had an encounter with these things. Um, I'll put it this way. Many of the people calling into the show are outdoors people. They're hunters, fishers. They're guys who have spent their entire lives outdoors. They've seen every creature there is. And when they're recalling their story on this uh, Dogman Encounters radio, they're, they're, they're in tears. Grown men brought to tears who say they can't do the things that they love anymore. They can't go hunting. They can't go fishing. They can't go in the woods. They don't like to be outside at night because the, their encounter was that terrifying. Many of them uh, will never be the same. A lot of them have had psychological problems and have resorted to counseling and all sorts of things since their sighting. Do you know what it's called when you see a dog man walking on two legs? <laughs> Wait for it. It's called a full moonwalk. Uh, <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> So you got these burly hunters out there who are out there, you know, like Andy says, coming to tears after their encounters. And you got the four of us out there tripping around in the dark oh, yeah. with nothing but flashlights. And I think I have a personal alarm that I can pull that sets out about 130 decibels. Yeah. Hopefully it will help. We, got the bear, <laughs> we, we had the bear mace. <laughs> we yeah. did have bear mace. Cans of bear mace. But we were listening Luckily, to that. It was not needed. We were listening to episodes of this show on the way down here, and some of the eyewitnesses are they're, they're listing off the dozens of guns that they brought with them to oh, go into the woods. One, one guy with six guns, and he said he was underarmed. <laughs> no, I didn't <laughs> like, bring enough. How many hands do you have? You know, <laughs> wish I had more hands. <laughs> we so have, I could hold more guns. We have flashlights and intuition. That's all. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> that guy sees like Shiva, like the goddess that has like eight arms. We're, He's like, Ooh. we're taking the peaceful <laughs> approach. We're hoping that we can look him in the eye and and calm him down and and he'll be kind to us otherwise these guys just need to outrun me and i'll be the one that uh holds up the werewolf for a while as they can escape i don't like our escape strategy i just see <laughs> sacrificing pat is the worst idea i, I i'm kind of like the uh the red shirt in star trek right so I'm, I'm going to be the guy who's kind of offered to the gods while you guys make your escape <laughs> Well, and like we said, we're on the border of Arkansas and Oklahoma. I don't think, maybe not quite yet, we want to give away our exact location. No, uh, not quite yet. But but the reason that we chose this particular location, I mean, dogmen are sighted in nearly all 50 states, but, but the reason we chose this particular location, uh, it's kind of at the epicenter of a cluster of sightings over the years. I mean, we're talking several sightings uh, within a within a 50-mile radius of where we're at. Now, our friend Aaron, who's joining us today... He lives, uh, what, 30 minutes from here? Yeah, not far at all. And yeah, you're kind of a transplant because you were from uh, Kansas City. Kansas City, and then before that, Nebraska. Yeah. Yep. So, but you were you were telling us, you know, in our group text, you know, in the weeks leading up to this, you were telling us how this this area of the country, not just with dogman sightings, but just paranormal happenings in general, it's a hotbed over here. Oh, it is. Yeah, there's uh, there's paranormal activity that happens all over the state. I mean, you could just uh, go. There's conferences that happen in Eureka Springs that. Uh, you know, every year, just about, I think maybe since COVID they've stopped, but, uh, the UFO, uh, conference there. Uh, but yeah, there it's all over. It's, uh, 
like in uh i think yeah see i know now my brain's getting fried a little bit well you got yeah, eureka springs right. home yeah. to the crescent hotel one of the most haunted hotels in the country right a place i've visited oh that's before. right yeah we were talking it's about that just uh, yep. Really cool, cool little town kind of built into the side of a mountain. Yeah. Uh, if you're from the Omaha area, I think we've talked about this before, but it's kind of like a, the whole town is kind of like the old market. It's yeah. a lot of little sh shops and, um, you know, small businesses and things like that, but also uh, the uh, Crescent Hotel and they have uh, uh, bed and breakfast in the area and things like that so a very cool place to to visit yeah i've been to the crescent hotel and went on a, a ghost tour there and it, it's quite a fascinating place i mean it is just you look at it and it looks scary when you're walking up to it uh the the lighting in the place is all the really old lights so the lighting's not very bright uh you can stay in the one of the rooms that is almost guaranteed to have a haunting mm -hmm. or something happened to you in that room uh it, but it's like six seven hundred dollars a night for that oh, wow. particular room wow. if you request it and there's a waiting list for it typically uh, so guaranteed yeah. or your money yeah. back right right <laughs> you will be right you will have something touch you in that room uh it is used to be an old insane insane asylum uh See, it's always an asylum. See, that's right? the thing. Always. A any asylum that's ever been constructed, like, you, you even know building that thing, someday it's going to be haunted. Like, yeah, right? You're just laying the foundation <laughs> for I mean, a, a haunted place. Yeah. You're like, well, it's a future haunted place, yeah. so this feels good. It's one of those things, especially, we talked about this too, like the energy that's being just cooked into those walls when you're dealing with mental illness. And that, this, is, this is real. Like, I mean, like, the, the, the notion of mental illness, and sometimes that mental illness can separate the veil, I think, a little bit. I mean, I've, I've wondered if sometimes people do see things that are actually there that we can't see because, you know, we're hung up on this reality. And But, yeah, then it turned into a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, I agree with you completely on that side. It seems like uh, there are some people that are just more in touch with uh, a different reality, and, you know, that could make you eventually, you know, Oh yeah. Go, I mean, yeah. Fray the fray right. the cord between right. here and insanity, you know. And, right. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that investigate paranormal activity over the years, uh, I think, you know, they eventually sometimes they get tricked or their their mental stability is sometimes eventually questioned uh, at some point. Which so you could probably say that about us right, right. now, <laughs> with, what, with what we chose to do here in the uh, the wilds. Right, um, Oklahoma and Arkansas. <laughs> I, I guess with that, we should probably dive into our first our first night. Night one. Night one. Here we go. So night one took place last night, uh, which I think this is coming out after the fact, but yesterday was October 20th. Interestingly enough, five years to the week since uh, Eddie and Pat and I went on our Bigfoot expedition um, uh, not too far from, well, a couple hours from here down yeah. in the down parts of Missouri. In the Ozarks, we can talk about that now. We, we signed can. a non-disclosure in the five years, and it was, was a five-year disclosure. Well, you actually had to sign something. We, for that trip. we did, we yeah. Did. We had to we sign did. our life away. If we <laughs> if we would have divulged the location before this week, I think people would have swung in uh, and broken through our windows wearing black uh, tactical gear, <laughs> exactly. helicopters, and zip tied our arms together and taking us away. <laughs> But anyway, it's it's we we thought you know in the spirit of nostalgia we'd we'd book this trip five years to the week since then. But we arrived just yesterday. It was a good you know six hour drive from Omaha, Nebraska, and we arrived a little bit tired but really eager to to hit the woods. So we met up with Aaron here at the motel, uh, went to a, uh, a state park, and 
thankfully, like from our camp spot, from our from our base camp, there was a trail right there. I right. mean, oh, it yeah. was perfect, like a movie. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was absolutely perfect. And he said, "Here's a trail." So we loaded up our gear, wandered down into the woods, and wouldn't you know it? You know, you asked if this was on purpose, Aaron. It was just sheer coincidence. Last night was actually a full moon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was beautiful. I, what better night to hunt for a I wolf-like creature? I could have you planned it. Right, like, and and the thing about the day, it, it was cloudy all the way down from from Omaha to uh, Oklahoma. It was, you know, I thought, well, there's no way we're going to see a full moon tonight, and it just kind of cleared up. Yeah, you know, once we hit the evening hours, uh, a nice um, band of fog kind of rolled through the area, yeah. so that just kind of added to the the atmosphere of the event. Um, just uh, perfect night to be out. Yeah. And the temperature was almost perfect too. It was a little on the warm side of cool. Like it was, we all came dressed with the cold and ended up at least shedding one layer of, of clothing. Yeah, I didn't even wear a coat yeah. the entire time. Pat evening. wasn't coated up. I was shirtless in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie was sweating. He was just a big ball of stick. I yeah. was sweating. I think we were all sweating by the end of the oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely was. Yeah, yeah without a question. So, what we did initially is Pat uh, stayed with the walkie talkie at base camp, Eddie and Aaron and myself. We ventured down into the woods. Uh, and it, it went down quite a ways, kind of into what, what you would call a holler in these, these parts of the country. Holler! Well, we got to a point where the trail kind of stopped, and there's this giant log that, that you know, uh, acted as a bridge over the stream. And we thought, well, it's worth a shot. Kind of reminded me of that clip in the movie Goonies where they're shuffling across that log and the water's running down below. yeah. And, yeah. Right. You know, the Fratellis are chasing us right. hot on our heels. Stop! <laughs> Stop, Goonies! It, it was a slippery log, too. It wasn't It wasn't like a totally, like, dry log. Yeah, it, and it was fairly narrow. I mean, it was, it was, it was wide enough for us, but, uh, you know, I had no doubts that it was going to be able to hold our weight as we went across, but, but uh, it was a little sketchy. Uh, I'm glad no one slipped in and got their feet wet, because that would have made for an awful ride or walk <laughs> yeah. back to yeah. the campsite. Especially since we were in your car. Right. So. <laughs> and also each one of us had about three cameras we were carrying. Oh, yeah, yeah. and oh, all yeah. the gear, right? But the three of us get down there across the log, and, and we get to this little uh, clearing, and Eddie's like, you know, what's that? What's that? And immediately, you know, I'm thinking, dog, man. And I'm looking left, right, and watching my six. And, yeah. And he says, no, turn off the flashlight. Something's glowing on the ground. Yeah. You know? And so we turn off our flash, flashlights, and sure enough, it looks like there's there's twinkling, there's there's glow, like little, almost like a bluish glow to it, yeah, wasn't specks, it? Specks like little bluish specks, like yeah. almost stars, but yeah. like on the ground. It looked kind of green to me. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It had like a green hue to it. Yeah. yeah, but clear as day, and they would like wink in and out. Right, it and was it was the strangest like, thing. I thought initially, but before I said anything, that it was like an artifact of my eyes. Like my eyes were adjusting, and I, maybe I was like having like a stroke. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm 44. It's about time for something weird to happen, um, or even like an ocular migraine. If y'all know what that is, I when, do. So yeah. for, for a split second, did you hope it was fairies though? Forest fairies. I, for a half. Of, which, uh, here's some debate. I would still call that, on some level, the neighborhood of paranormal. At least for us, because like we don't have this thing. It's certain, where, certainly foreign to us. Yeah. from where we're from. And so people who live here and from here, they're like, you dummies, you know, you know that. Oh, I've never seen it before. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I've been here two years, but I've never seen those before. That's but, crazy. But were, yeah. were they worms? Did we determine that's so what it was? the technical term, I think, is glowworms. I mean, that's like the not the, the scientific name for them. 
Um, but, but the they strange like thing was they almost looked like little centipede kind of things. They, they did. They had like uh, legs going down the entire side of them. And or they, that was a shell and we just couldn't see the underside. And they had like a segmented body, almost like a mm-hmm. pill bug. Right. It looked like. It was almost yeah. like the bioluminescent something. Yeah, it didn't yeah. look like your stereotypical worm, how you yeah. define a but worm. But spoiler, that's what it was. These little tiny yeah. bugs that had a little like perturbance, perturbance off, their, off their head. And that was the little... The little thing that was lighting up, I think. It was a little whoop, little antenna that had a little tiny little light on the end of it, essentially. So we got down there, and we're having so much fun, and suddenly it feels magical because we discovered forest fairies. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it, and it we felt start to really feel, magical. And then we start to have malfunctions with the with the walkie-talkies, and Instantly. we're like, oh, great, Pat got kidnapped. The dog I, I think got. it was actually me playing with my walkie-talkie. And <laughs> I kept radioing and I think, it in. I, yeah, and... Somehow we had a, a technical difficulty there, and we kind of lost communication with each other. Andy's texting me on my phone, and I didn't catch that right away. And uh, just scaring us to death, basically. So we're not so far out out into the wilderness that uh, we still had a cell signal. We could text back to, back and forth, but uh, the guys were good enough to come back and get me. By then, the campfire we had built. Part of the reason I stayed behind was just to keep an eye on the fire, because you know. Uh, Smokey the Bear would be very disappointed in us if we walked away from that fire. So uh, yeah. by then, the fire, which, which wasn't a huge fire anyway, um, had kind of subsided. And so we put it out with some water, and and I geared up, and we all went out after that. So then we backtracked down the same route, over the same log, through the same glowworm forest. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to a, pa- a part of the forest where we're not even sure if we're on a trail anymore. We're yeah. it, It's not clearly marked. You know, we've watched enough Survivor Man episodes that we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to go too far off the beaten path and, you know, become casualties where they have to call on the rescue chopper. Um, but I remember the the scariest part for me was, I think, the scariest part for you, Eddie, because it was at that same moment where, you know, it's quiet enough and and we kind of were, were freezing there. And he's like, wait, what's that? And I hear it, too. And it, it sounds like a deep grumble. It sounds like like a deep guttural, um, almost like if you get too close to a dog that that's being protective over its food and it's it's like a deep growl to get away. Well, that was short lived, thank goodness, because after a couple seconds, we noticed it was a it was the roar of an airplane engine that was approaching overhead. Right. And uh, but Eddie, I remember Eddie, his his heart was beating out of his <laughs> chest. He was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because like, I thought I thought I thought it was it. I thought this was it. This was the dog man. But no, it was just a seven forty seven. Just flying <laughs> was, over bit overhead. It had that deep, low kind of like rumble, and I'm like, "Is that a growl?" Like it sounded like a yeah. Yeah, it, it caught me for a second. Yeah, at the time, I, I had my uh, audio recorder on. I had my headphones on, and, and I did hear the the low grumble, the low growl, and and it did sound almost animalistic when I first heard it. And then I pretty quickly, you know, could recognize that it was it was a jet. Yeah. But but since I had the the headset on. Um, I think I figured it out quicker than you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys were, were uh, you know, obviously getting uh, a little, little uh, worked up because you know we just didn't know what it was at, at first. This is the key, man, to doing this paranormal stuff. Is like you gotta keep your ears and eyes open for anything that. I mean, you don't go looking for Dogman unless you plan on seeing Dogman. That's what. Why would you be out here otherwise? But the ability to separate your surroundings and know that you know every like we said before everything is not paranormal then it wouldn't be paranormal so yeah no for that split second it's like oh wow i'm hearing 
what might be a growl, and yeah, surprise, it's just a big, big plane. <laughs> was there was there anything that caught you off guard, Aaron? Like, was there anything that was uh, better than expected, or or uh, you know, I know for a, a while there, you were down kind of near the near the stream, looking for tracks. Yeah, I walked. Uh, I separated just a little bit and went down and looked for tracks. Didn't see anything. Uh, I put that trail. I'm anxious to see what that. Well, anxious probably not the right word, but I'm, I'm excited to see what the trail cam uh, will bring. We got to go pick that up sometime today and and see what's on there because I put it right next to the water, pointing at the waterfall and that log we walked over, uh, in hopes that you know maybe at least if anything we're going to get some people walking by, maybe a deer or two. Uh, and and who knows? Maybe the elusive dog man himself. Maybe a teenager mooned us. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> another full moon. Another, another yeah, full moon. Right. Two full moons. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I, overall, I think the night was uh, a success just in terms of getting out into nature. And I think that's another thing that can be brought into the subject is uh, just being together and out in nature and doing something fun rather than sitting at home on a, you know, what? Wednesday. Night. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like at at its, I mean, even at its surface, we went out and had about a, what, a four or five hour um, adventure with our friends and got to, you know, be in nature and right. go night hiking, which is a, a way a, fun way to do it. Yeah, know? not a lot of people do that. I mean, there's not a lot of people that go out and they hike it in the middle of the night. Uh, and it's just a totally different experience from hiking during the day. And you get to use all those technical toys too, the night vision cameras, the there was no shortage know, of that. Right. Yeah. Oh, we had our plenty of equipment. Yeah. Lots of tech. Uh, it was oh lots of tech. Yeah. I particularly liked we had uh exited. We had kind of gotten to the point where the trail was more or less gone and we were just kind of like just just, you know, hacking our way through the forest and and then when we kind of came back around and went back up a hill that ran along beside this river, or like the, I guess this wa- this body of water that the waterfall was coming off of, um, we come across this. What was it called? It was like the Ghost Raccoon Trail. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ghost Ghost Coon Trail. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then yeah, we got to walk on that. And then that's it's when like that, you got to take that right. You got to go down that one. <laughs> and then the it, it opened up in this big clearing again, and we had that great shot of the moon. With the uh, with the clouds in front of it, and we had basically gone on the other side of the holler. Yeah, and so like you were saying, it was crazy getting that perspective. That, that was the amazing thing because when we very first started, before we even started trekking down the into the the valley where the the creek was, we we had just come out of our campsite and started our hike, and you look down into this holler, and I mean it it you you can see for several miles, but it was it was just as beautiful sight of the moon and the fog just kind of low low fog into the holler you could see these huge uh, power lines that just kind of run the entire length of the holler and we realized that we had trekked you know like two or three lengths of those power lines we we we'd gone that far which i you know when we first saw it that night i thought you know there's no way we'd be able to go over there because we saw a light over there and we were wondering well what is that yeah and then we realized we're we're at the spot where we saw that light yeah and we were able to determine it was just like a like a power box utility box some kind of a utility box there but uh it was just amazing how far we had gone in what what felt like a fairly short time but um just when you you don't know where you are and you're trekking up and down hills, uh, you can cover some distance. I think it was more of an up and down thing for us than it was a distance. Because I think all night we walked maybe about 
at least for me, I only walked about four miles. Yeah, we definitely did more Z elevation yeah. <laughs> than, than we did XY <laughs> traveling. So on the, on the there's a little, uh, was that algebra for you? <laughs> there you go, kids. There you go, kids. Think about that one. <laughs> I don't know much about algebra, but I forgot the wolf urine. That's that's one thing oh, I want to bring Andy up. And he forgot the pee. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot the pee. Months. This was several months ago. Even like backtrack a little bit further. This right. trip was initially supposed to take place in what, March or April. Yeah. So I came right up. You know, I was getting the the post uh, winter. You know, restlessness where yeah. I was just ready to get out and do something fun. And on a whim, I you know decided we'd take this trip eddie and pat couldn't get off work in time but aaron would was available and so aaron and i had all the details squared away for this very same trip but as fate would have it my back went out on me the day before we were set to go and i was in no shape to make the drive so we postponed it and here we are with all four of us and and, and in hindsight i'm glad too because this is just more fun this works out better without a doubt and and you get to bring me into into your circle of of friends and the paranormal dads, which is f- absolutely fantastic. It's good to have you here. Oh well, I appreciate yeah, man, it. this yeah. is great. Yeah, this is I, exciting. Yeah, I'm a fan too. I listen to your podcast every time you guys put out a new one. So it's a uh, yeah. Well, you know, Andy's talking about the the, the wolf, wolf here. Yeah, I bought uh, it, I yeah. bought it back in March when we were initially yeah. supposed to come here. Yeah, but but yep. speaking of baiting the the critters, uh, we we were out. Um, you know, about this time we were we were actually hearing some coyotes off in the distance. And Andy thought, well, I wonder if I should play back like a YouTube video of some coyotes. <laughs> Just see, you know, if we can get a rise out of them. Yeah. And uh, we did get a rise, but it wasn't from the coyotes. Uh, it was, we were actually, I think, fairly nearby uh, another campsite. And there were some dogs in that campsite. And they heard the coyotes that Andy was playing on his phone. Um, and, of, and, and I'm glad those dogs were probably on leashes because they probably would have, have come to us and let us know how disappointed they were in us for playing. Yeah, they're <laughs> playing not a fan of YouTube. Tunes. They're not a fan of YouTube clips. Those no. dogs. Not no, no, no. They were they were instantly growling. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, you could hear them in the distance. And we're like, oh crap, we better run. <laughs> that was my first thought. As I hope, I hope they're on a leash. Right. <laughs> This yeah. just Andy and Pat, you guys were like, well, we're done now. We're done. <laughs> and, and, yep, we start walking. Yeah. And, like my, oh, my first instinct was to go deeper into the woods. <laughs> I was like, they can't find us here. <laughs> and into the woods we go. Exactly. <laughs> I was kind of stretching and saying, well, I'm bushed. Let's call it a night. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, it just gets to be a thing. And we, uh, you know, as a disclaimer, we want to encourage everybody, this is a fun thing to do, but also be careful. Yeah. If you decide to do these things, make sure at least you have a good sense of, you know, you know where you're at and don't break any laws and, yeah. and be smart about it. I mean, we, we were definitely trying to stay within the, the framework of legality for sure. And we didn't want and to make I any. I think we did. I think we I did. I think we did. Yeah. We, you know, I, I turned off the YouTube uh, sound, the, the coyote howling as soon as I knew those dogs weren't weren't uh, very pleased with it but we're having a and good time we knew there were people camping around we we did do our best to, to keep the noise down and then you know we didn't uh, try not to bother anybody yeah we kept it pretty quiet but i mean so. with the wolf urine i don't know maybe it's a good thing that i forgot to bring it a i don't really know why i bought it it was i was trying to think of things you know off the wall techniques to lure in a dog man and i thought well you know wolf urine i know um according to research some Farmers and ranchers, I, I guess, use it to, um, they, they'll put a little wolf urine on the perimeter of their property, basically, to keep away uh, critters, you know, so that, that, you know, coyotes and stuff, so that they don't mess with their livestock, because, you know, a wolf being more of an alpha-type predator, it's a, it's, it's a deterrent, almost like an invisible dog fence, <laughs> if you will. But then I was thinking, okay, so if we, if, if we did have the wolf urine, 
if, if putting that in an area that we're looking for dog man, is that going to, you know, make all the bunnies and rabbits and squirrels and raccoons, AKA it's food source. Is it going to make those small critters go away? Therefore the dog man goes away and, or right. is the scent of wolf urine with the dog man, you know, view that as a, as a threat, as a territorial threat. Like I'm the alpha male of this area. Let me go see what's on my turf. Right. right. It could go come, either way. Yeah, you're, like, yeah. you're thinking I'm going to attract this thing, but you might be attracting it for the wrong, with the wrong yeah. reason. <laughs> with the wrong Before intent. Before you know it, you're fist fighting a wolf, man. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you're going to yeah, lose. The, the messaging before this, I loved how Eddie, you said, I, if I, if we see one, I'm just going to tackle him. I don't care anymore. Everybody's like, and I ran away. I'm like, I run towards. <laughs> you know, say nice things about me at my funeral. <laughs> Eddie, you're not a fighter. Eddie would give him a hug and turn him on oh, the good him. side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I turn him, Love. I turn him around. Love. I just, I, with so many of these things, I am just, I'm at the point in my life where I just want to definitively see these things. And if that means running head first into it, then that's what I'm, I'm prepared to do. Yeah, I'm at that point too. I mean, to, to piggyback off what you said, it's I've seen, you know, things which make which why I'm interested in this topic and in this subject. And now, you know, and, and as to your point, you said uh, last night about now looking at the cryptids and, and investigating those, I really want to see one of these too. Yeah. It's, you know, you, you hear about them, you hear the eyewitness eyewitness reports and i just want to be one of those eyewitnesses you yeah. know that's like the goal and i think that's why we're out here right so i mean well, the amazing thing is so many um stories out there you know the, the the one guy has 300 episodes on his podcast alone and there's other podcasts that solely focus on dogmen and and there's other paranormal podcasts that cover dogmen uh, eyewitness stories as well you know a lot of people report these wisconsin's another hotbed of of yep. Dogman or even werewolf type sightings. Uh, you got the Beast of Bray Road and, yeah. and other places like that. Yeah, I've got the Michigan Dogman, a well known yeah. one up in those parts. And that's, you know, maybe another chapter for next year. But it's. Pat, uh, you see the Mothman, you're not going to run right at him. You know what I mean? You're going to see <laughs> the two big red eyes looking at you. <laughs> I. No, no. <laughs> I thought the red meant love. Yeah, like hearts and the bounce. color of love. It's the color of love. I can just, I, I can just picture the, the, you know, the, the go slow motion and the romantic music comes on and Eddie's sprinting towards it and he jumps into the dog man's arms and it catches Eddie and cradles him almost like a, a groom carrying the bride over the threshold. There it is. You know. Oh, and then starts eating me like a cob of corn. <laughs> <laughs> and you're all buttered up from the sweat. Chomp, chomp. Eating me like a watermelon slice. That's not exactly oh what I had pictured. It's a corn dog, man. Oh, oh. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, we were we were we were also talking yesterday about uh, you know this type of in- investigation and um, how it's kind of special for us because, like, say, like if we did a ghost investigation, you're basically staying in one one building. Uh, you're you're playing with some gadgets. You know, you're you're electrical meters and things like that your uh, spirit box and and you know usually you keep the lights off when you're doing a ghost hunt but mm-hmm. um being out in the wilderness adds a whole new level to the fun really yeah. you know it's 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 kind of creepy it's kind of exciting and and um it's an experience that people like us living in the city for the most part don't always get to enjoy. It's more exercise than a ghost hunt. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> there, there's a psychic spiritual component to this, too. Um, there's a thing, I believe this, and this is where I get a little bit, you know, airy-fairy here, but, like, when we go off into these environments that we don't normally, that we're not normally a part of, and, like, our bodies, our spirits know that for our day-to-day, we don't normally put ourselves in these positions. Like, to us, being in this is a new thing. and But to everything out there, everything up unto the birds and bugs and glowworms and maybe even the wolfman, we're all not supposed, air quotes, to be there. Like, we're outside of our element. But in that, there's this energy share disruption thing that happens. And I think that we kind of take that on us, like an ephemera in a way. So as we go about, like tonight, night two, we're going to be having almost a little bit of that stick to us as we come into those environments and then go and do those things. I think these things tend to build as we go around and do these things. So I'm and excited. The, the, you're talking about the spiritual side of things. There, there was a moment yesterday when you kind of stepped away from, from us, and I saw you doing your grounding thing like you did during the Bigfoot. Yeah. You kind of go off. You, you actually sit there on the ground. Yeah. And, and you know, what, what was that moment for you? What were uh, you thinking? I try to shut off as much of my own thoughts, and I just try to kind of just exist in that space for a second. And I just kind of just let whatever impressions kind of come on me that are on me. Uh, the funny part was kind of weird. I felt like behind us there was a trail, and I didn't know that to be the, the, the case, but I felt like behind us there's more trail. And, but sitting there specifically, it was just more about just kind of like being part of that space, just mm-hmm. kind of like letting go of like what I what I brought into there, you know, and we get into this part, like we all have thoughts and troubles and things that we carry with us. And I just wanted to kind of just let that just kind of all go and just kind of like just ground myself in that moment. So yeah, there was definitely like a, there's like a being part of the environment. That's kind of what I, what I wanted to do. And early on in the night, when we first entered the woods, uh, we, we did a, I don't know, kind of like a a little spiritual ritual of sorts. Uh, Aaron, uh, carries some uh, Palo Santo on him, and uh, you know you lit it, and you you know blow out the flame, and you kind of wave the smoke around, almost uh, I don't know equivalent of setting a good intention, setting good vibes, almost like sage if you're going to use sage to you know smudge a, an area. But we we you know verbally said out loud on the edge of the forest, you know we we mean no harm to the dog man. We we're unarmed. We're just curious. We're uh, we, we love we love mysteries. We're we're out there for the spirit of adventure and. Uh, we hope that energy would be reciprocated to us in the form of a, a peaceful sighting. So I think it's important, you know, as we all know, through law of attraction and manifestation and those principles, you know, the energy that you put out is usually what is mirrored back to you. So, and on some level, you know, even even a, a creature like Dogman would would be able to feel the intentions of somebody, you know. Yeah. We don't we don't come across as hostile gentlemen in the first place. I don't right. think. But. Oh yeah, most definitely. There's a there's an energy that is uh, that people carry with them, and the dogman being a you know a paranormal cryptid. Uh, there's two thoughts on that: uh, whether he's an actual real flesh and blood animal, or he's the paranormal uh, like thing that can just yeah that can. I'm sure there's a level of spiritual, and even animals in general. If you think about your dogs, think about your cats, they can always sense oh yeah how what yeah. your mood is, and so just doing going through that ceremony with the Palo Santo. Which is a uh, for those who don't know, it's a hardwood from Peru that they use that shaman use down there quite frequently. And if you go down into Peru and you go through the hotels, they burn it everywhere. In mm-hmm. every single building that we went into when I was down there, they they were burning Palo Santo, and that's when I was first introduced to it. But it also has a real kind of relaxing smell to it. So 
just on the, the physical side, it, it, it brings your emotion level. If you're negative energy, have negative, it just brings your emotion level down, you know? So it's a, I burn it at my house. You know, my son Asher, he's always like, Dad, burn the Palo Santo. <laughs> <laughs> he's always asking yeah, for it's it. Very yeah, chilling. Yeah, and it will just relax an environment. It'll put you in the right frame of mind to hopefully, you know, experience something. So. Well, and it was good that it had a good scent to it because, you know, after paranormal dads eating fast food all day, it counts it out some other smells that were going on. Yeah, man, yeah. alive. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry so much. You need to apologize to the forest, oh Eddie. My. Oh, my. It is what it is. Well, I, I honestly didn't smell anything, but I heard a lot. Yeah. <laughs> At least you were using all of your senses, right? Eric. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Be aware. Be aware, everybody. Uh, but yeah, so now we're sitting here today after. We have night two coming up on us tonight. We have some locations planned. and uh, may involve a cemetery. Yeah. So uh, all this is centered around more sightings of Dogman. And uh, we're pretty excited for that. So it's... Uh, Day two. Let's yeah. go on to night two. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to segment two of our Dogman Expedition 2021. And we have to catch you up to speed on an action-packed day that we had yesterday. Yesterday was Thursday? Yesterday was Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. It's funny how you're on vacation and all your days get twisted around because you're on vacation time. And we have to probably quick review what we caught on night one. Uh, via the trail cam that Aaron set up, uh, super intelligently set up a trail cam at a spot of interest on the uh, trail that we hiked. Uh, it was actually set up right next to the the giant log that acts as a bridge that helps people walk across over the stream. Yeah. And uh, top-notch trail cam, by the way, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, that, that footage was high quality. Yeah, it was just a birthday gift for my mom, so thank my mom for that one. Uh, it was right next, yeah, like it, like you said, it was right next to the, the creek, and we ended up catching something rather interesting. Uh, and I don't know how much we want to go into it, but... Let's do uh, it. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, it was, yeah, we, it was set there, and we, we picked it up at probably 9 o'clock the next morning. Uh, then we brought it back uh, later that day and reviewed the footage. And on the footage... It, there's something there of mm -hmm. like unique, a unique nature, right? And it, it was to our surprise that uh, we we caught it. We I, I wasn't ex my expectations were low, but my hopes were high, right? But yeah, and there's a couple things there, yeah. right? That's yeah, a, there are. So uh, we yeah. we actually got it closer to noon. Was that time we yeah, picked up? Yeah, because Andy, the time tag on when Andy was getting up. Oh, was that's right. Noon, it was. Because we had lunched before, I think. Right. And then we went yep, down. That's right. But we, I'm just waiting for someone to be like, you said nine and it says noon on the right, time stamp. You yeah. lie. You're right. all full of crap. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and so we, uh, we get this trail cam footage, and you're looking at it on the little tiny screen, and it's hard to tell what, what's what. You can see there's people and mm -hmm. things like that. But the thing that's so funny is I actually suspected, expected to be seeing more people on that and there was probably a lot what would we say three or four yeah groups? there's like four groups of people Total. i'd have to look again to uh, verify that number uh but it was yeah there was maybe four groups that came by at when daylight started happening yeah but, and we went with the point that we dropped it off i think this is kind of important too to when we picked it up at 4 30 uh excuse me when we looked at the footage that was right around 4 20 after we picked it up uh it there was nothing that nothing. happened. Nothing. nothing at all between those those yeah. things. And then and then a little raccoon came in, a little bit of something came up into the screen, and then the next time the, the, the camera went off again, uh, and there was more fog. 
uh, or something. It looks like uh, upside down rain. Like, right. The, the, my best description of it was it looks like a geyser. Almost like a geyser went off. That's, the speed. That's a good description, I think. The speed yeah. at which yeah. this, what looks to be some sort of vapor, some sort of water vapor, some sort of thing, shoots up, like with speed. It's not like it's a fog where it's slowly building and you're seeing the fog start. Because at first Dude. it was hardly even there. <clears throat> it was like there was nothing there nothing. and then it's fog and then it like shoots up. I mean, it, it was very much almost like an apparition or a phantom. I mean, it kind of looked like that. I mean, it wasn't the shape of a person or anything like that. But I've, I've never seen a mist or a fog move like that. And I think it's safe to say we've never done so much research on fog in such a short amount of time. <laughs> right, yeah, that's Aaron, all I've been doing today. This Aaron's a fog so expert. Far. Yeah, uh, how fog forms, uh, the temperature at which it forms. It's based on dew point and that dew point as the temperature of the air and the water start to gradually meet that is when fog forms i believe uh that's what i've read so far so uh, i don't know that it is fog because if it was fog the whole place would have started that whole area would have started to fill up with fog and right before that you don't see anything in the perspective in the viewpoint of the camera so it's they, all of a sudden it's just this this mist or some sort of paranormal mist is what it seems like to me and it has direction up, it's right? like it's almost like dominoes because yeah. it comes from left to right it's like dick, 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 dick. it doesn't like all of a sudden come up all at once like you would like you would suspect fog to do or something it has like almost like a direction to it it's just kind of like and, and the speed alone i mean you got and hey 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 Go to Facebook.com, you paranormal crazies. Go to Facebook <laughs> and check out our Facebook page. We have the videos posted. You can actually uh, see what you see what you think. But it's, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. It looks like a geyser went off on this otherwise quiet little bubbly stream. Yeah, it, it, it's very unusual. I mean, either way, because the 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 paranormal mist is or whatever it is 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 kind of floating into uh, the camera lens as you're you know looking at it it's weird it is definitely weird it's bizarre you know yeah. but this is what happens you, you've seen it on tv shows maybe some of the listeners have have seen this happen to them personally but you know you go in search of whatever you know pick a mystery you go in search of uh, bigfoot you go in search of ufos you go in search of uh whatever paranormal things can tend to happen you know we're not we're, we, we're not out in the forest you know trying to deal with ghosts or anything um you know, from the spirit world, but sometimes odd things happen that can't be explained, almost like the universe lumps all the mysteries into one category, and you look for one and you stumble upon another. Uh, speaking of which, you know, we're, we're here at, at, at the motel, that's where we're recording from, and some of the staff have been so nice and so chatty, and, you know, they... They've slowly come to figure out why we're here and what we're doing, and so they stop us in the hall and they ask us questions about what we found and what we're up to, and and getting to chatting with them, we've actually uncovered a couple, uh, you know, a couple local legends, if you will. Uh, some people around here have heard a dog man, and um, actually one creature that we we had not even heard of, right, Pat? Yeah, one of the ladies we spoke with, uh, she she had never heard of dog man before, so she was kind of surprised that's that. That's what we were looking for. But she did tell us uh, there is a dear woman that uh, she has heard of and has been um, told about, uh, you know, since she was a kid. Um, so apparently what a dear woman is, is it's a dear spirit of the eastern woodlands and central plains tribes 
um, but is also popular among the contemporary Native American people of Oklahoma. And so what it is is um, it's sometimes depicted in animal form, other times it's a human form, and sometimes it's a mixture of the two, and that's kind of the way the person we spoke with yesterday described it, kind of like the top part of it is a woman form and the bottom part of it is a deer. And so among the people in Oklahoma, it's often portrayed as like a boogeyman sort of role. Uh, It's said to trample uh, people to death, especially girl-crazy young men or disobedient children. Oh, I'm in trouble. uh, And she even even said, like, the elders uh, uh, in her family would often say, you know, especially during powwows, it it seemed to revolve around uh, powwow events that they would have. But the kids would have to be inside at night, you know, before dark during the powwows um, for fear of uh, being taken away by the deer woman so or straight up trampled yeah and she has antlers or do we not know well i'm guessing since she's female oh. i would assume she does not and especially that, so, i mean go well, to school andy <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so not a hunter Read a book. when we say we're out here hunting dogmen we have no weapons i don't hunt i don't you're right and female. They, they, they describe the top part as as a, as a female human so well, i so. mean it could be a transgender deer so like person a, I don't like know. Like a fawn. I mean, that mystical creature, what was Thumnus from Chronicles of Narnia? Is that, he was a fawn. Was he a fawn? So yeah. like a fawn, but a female version of so that? So it's like a top is half human, bottom half, half deer, deer, or top yeah. half deer, bottom half human. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's a <about> I, I, <laughs> It's like I, the duckbill platypus. The top half would right. definitely be the woman. At least in my mind, that would be the more... Um, <laughs> If if you just had this big deer head on a woman's body, I I suppose you have maybe. minotaurs, which are you know the yeah. bull. The top half is a bull. Bottom I mean, half if is you a can guy. have a guy and a motorcycle joined together in commercials these days, <laughs> right? Maybe. Have you seen Turbo Teen, that <laughs> amazing '80s cartoon where the kid gets splashed with like warm water? And he's like, "Oh no, I'm turning into a Corvette." And he turns into a he turns into a he turns into a car, but, and his friends are riding in him, and they're like, "This is the best! It's the craziest." One of the the cool things about the deer woman that I read about is uh, the deer woman might seduce men, especially adulterous or promiscuous men, and either lead, lead them to their deaths or oh, no. lead them to wither in love sickness. So uh, the deer woman, she she's looking out for things and taking care of business if it needs to be taken care of. Especially if you're a kid at a powwow and you're being naughty. So She's philanderous <laughs> dudes and <laughs> boy, girl, crazy dude boys. Jeez, yeah, takes so. care of business. But but she they they were also telling us here at the hotel about um, a university uh, not far from far from here. And boy, I, I don't even have the name of it in front uh, of me. I think it was like Northwest Northwestern. NSU, right? NSU. NSU. Uh, it, it was a, a university in Oklahoma that uh, they often have paranormal type uh, events and almost like um, <coughs> conventions, you know, Bigfoot conventions and probably ghosts and things like that. So yeah. that, that will definitely be something we'll be checking out to to see what's around here. But it was kind of cool that uh, we've been uh, welcomed at, at this hotel. I mean, just walking up here to record today, uh, there were like two or three different people that stopped Eddie and I in the hallway asking us about uh, different uh, ghosts and, and different things. So uh, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. yeah, they're very friendly here. I mean, like incredibly friendly. Well, 
as yesterday proceeded, the highlight of the day, <laughs> we've got a doozy for you. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy all four of us are here and we don't have any serious wounds yeah. after yesterday's escapade. So by yesterday afternoon, our day excursion was to go to a town called Wesley, Arkansas. And it was right along Highway 74. Took us, took us almost an hour to get there. Yeah. But the reason that we chose to go to this location is because back in 99 and 2000, there were three sightings of a dogman creature by the same uh, husband and wife along the same stretch of road. Now, the highway, on one side of the highway, you have a, fa- a white farmhouse, and on the other side of the highway, you have an old cemetery. And it is an, we found out it is an old, old cemetery. Yeah, old with an E yeah. at the end of it. It she, is old. <laughs> old with an E at the end of it. Ye old cemetery. Exactly. <laughs> cemetery. I mean, some of them stand back to the mid-1800s. A lot of the tombstones are, are like so... Even early 1800s, yeah. yeah early yeah. 1800s. A lot of them, the, the dates weren't even visible anymore. They've yeah. been rubbed away the and the weathered away. I mean, yeah. some of those headstones were only like a foot tall. Like, they were, they were, hard, they were nothing more than a rock, hardly, and yeah. you couldn't even hardly read the writing on it anymore. But we went there, and, you know, again... This this farmhouse, uh, one of the reports of the farmhouse was that this couple saw a dog man leap off the porch, barrel roll, and chase their car, and it was sighted two other times right in that vicinity. So we're right there at ground zero. We're walking around the cemetery. Um, down below the cemetery, so stemming off the, the side of the cemetery is a very steep, uh, hilly cliff. It's almost like a ravine that leads down to a... A stream, river? I don't know what I'd call it. Yeah, like a creek. R- really river. wide creek. Wide creek. Yeah. wide, but yeah, yeah it's a, not a river. It's too <laughs> no, shallow. Yeah, it's more like a creek. Yeah. Yep. So I'm telling the guys, I'm like, we, we got to find a way to get down there. You know, there could be prints. We could look for prints in the soft soil near the creek. But it's so steep, I don't see a way down. I mean, it's not. this is no. This is not a state park. This is, There's no hiking trails. There's nothing. So Aaron. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, tell them what you found. Right. Aaron. So I Andy gave a directive and I was gonna find a way to get down there. I mean, that's <laughs> just the way I am. And uh, so I kept walking uh, down just further into down the cemetery line, just looking for like a a trail or uh, where the, the, the slide of the cliff kind of slopes down and you can walk down to it. And I found what I thought was a trail or a, a, an old trail and I walked down it. And I and I'm, I'm looking around, looking around, and all of a sudden I look down to see how I'm going to get down, how we can get down the cliff. And there's an old rope there, and I'm like, "What is this rope doing here?" And it was fairly old. And I look up, and it's tied to a tree. And then Eddie's up at the top. I'm like, "Eddie, there's a rope." <laughs> and then and he was at the top. And then he's and then I see that there's another rope. Just follow the follow the line follow the up, to, up. Yeah, follow the rope. And there was another rope at the very top of it that was tied to another tree. Yeah, right. Yeah, the yeah. one the one rope was like already kind of like oh my gosh somebody has thought of this before. And then the set the second rope for some reason that was almost like okay this is like a legitimate someone's done this right like, on this purpose. Is, this has been yeah, thought get out down. right yeah. and and hidden. The rope was like underneath a bunch of leaves. Like this sucker was and yep. maybe over time that's just what happened, but not a new rope. By any means. Yeah, it was still it still had its integrity intact. I'd say the rope did. Not that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't crumbling yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah. It was still strong, still nicely tied, uh, and it definitely seemed secure enough to lower ourselves down the edge of this sheer cliff. <laughs> I mean, it was it, it wasn't straight up and down. I don't know. It was it seemed at times steeper than a forty five degree angle, though. I mean, we short of rappelling down. I mean, we were. I mean, there was a part that was straight ninety. There was oh, a towards the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like a you know like a six foot drop maybe. Yeah. So, but still. And then even then, your footing wasn't fully flat, so you had to like 
land in a way that you weren't going to like twist your ankles and shatter your knees and and all the rocks on the side of the cliff crumbly rocks crumbly rocks and that's the way a lot of the the land is around here is they're just tiny loose rocks all over oklahoma well all over arkansas at least my property and then into oklahoma and you slip on those rolling ankle real easy let alone going down the side of you know this ledge that we were going down yeah and it was real easy to slip and fall so who Eddie? You were the first to go down, right? I was the first to go down. I just realized this. there was a small <laughs> part of you that wanted to Tarzan swing off of that and do a backflip, just like kick <laughs> off like in like in Cliffhanger with with Sylvester Stallone, just be like, I go this, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, Throw an I ice pick into the side of the other wall. Have my like have my like my holding on my Pat's hand. Don't let go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, I um. I remember my Boy Scout training, and I wrapped the rope around like my waist and my booty, and then I was like letting it out on the left side, like boop, 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 you know. And at first, I didn't do that, and then I'm like, I, I can't rely on hand strength alone here. So just kind of slid down, came down to the bottom, and like you said, it wasn't as bad as it looked initially. But also, we hadn't done that before, so we didn't know what we we're dealing with, and and so got down to the bottom without a lot of drama on my end. And then uh, second was Aaron. Right. Yep. Right. I went down. Came down. Yep. Came down. Yep. Just lowered myself down. Uh, and then I didn't wrap the rope around my backside like you did. And I yeah. used my hand strength. And it was, I mean, it did hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah and it, I, when I went down, I, I just kind of tried to, I remembered some videos that I had seen on people who climb rock walls and stuff. And they're always like, just tr- lean back, like trust, you know, push out from the wall, trust the strength of the rope. The rope felt sturdy. You know, so I lowered myself down and, uh, and I had, you know, it's an adrenaline rush, you know, for the most part, we're, we're kind of city boys. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. hate to say it, but we're, we're not country people. We're not Indiana Jones characters. And you get down to the bottom and you just look left and you look right and and you see this Creek and I mean, it's just so picturesque and it's like, what, what, holy crap, what did we just do? You know, you're looking up the, the, the ravine we just came down and it it was, it was kind of magical in a way. You know, yeah, it was very magical. Uh, there's, yeah, there's spots like that all over Arkansas, which is why I love living here. But that is, I mean, that was really cool though. I had never been in the scenario that type of environment that we were in yesterday here so far uh, to find what we found. I mean, I can go into what we found, or it was the, so we get down at the bottom. Or no, Pat comes down after Pat that. Pat comes right? down, yeah. and Pat then came, it was yep. my turn. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pat reached yeah. And up. I'm going to go right, on the record right, that, right. to say that this was not my idea. I was not down with this idea. No, at all. I knew it was going to end poorly, <laughs> and it did. So I I grab onto the rope, and I, I knew this was not going to go well, and pretty much fell the. 20 feet or rolled down the side of the hill. It was a controlled fall. It was a controlled fall. Uh, Burned my hand on the rope. Uh, It was, it was not a good, it was a good thing. We kind of made the comment yesterday. uh, We were actually doing a a Facebook live thing on Eddie's or Andy's channel. And, and uh, I I made the comment that it was kind of like the old mutual of Omaha uh, (laughs) shows, the wild kingdom shows back in the eighties when, Marlon Perkins would send uh, Jim Fowler out of the helicopter to, you know, wrestle the alligator or whatever. He'd stay up there in the helicopter. And that's what I wanted to do. I want to stay in the helicopter. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> get, keep keep the, the, the top view, you know, keep a lookout over the, right, the, the proceedings going d- down. And, and it was, you know, when we're out on these things, it's kind of like we're 12 again. And so there's peer pressure and mm-hmm. things like that. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you... It's not that Come bad. Come on, man. Pat. You Pat, can do you it. You can do it. 
<laughs> Climb yeah. down. Take like one for the team, buddy. Though. We were encouraging. And then, <laughs> well, well, we're, anyway, and when, when I made it down. When you finally <laughs> touch down, that's, that's how I'll yeah. say it. When you finally touch down and his whole body hit the ground, I'm just thinking, okay, let's check for major injury. Yeah. Where's he bleeding yeah. from? Right. Can you, Pat, can you move your arm? Pat, can you know, move, blink twice if you can hear us, Pat. Well, already I was thinking, how am I going to get back up? That's, now? That was my <laughs> that was, too. That was my next, next concern. But, yeah. but we'll go on. We'll go yeah. on. And, we'll and go on. you know, that was our thought too, because coming down was one thing, but then at the bottom, you look up, and I'm, I'm thinking like the same thing. Yeah, it's deep. There's no other way to get out of this thing. This we the ha- we, we have to climb back up. Yeah. Um, but when you I guys had... tell us what you found when we, and I'll never forget when I heard you guys say this, I was like, there's a what down there? So I landed there first, and I looked, le- looked left, looked right, and then I see the mouth of this gigantic, it's big. I mean, not gigantic, but it's large. You could park a car in there. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah it was like the size of a garage, if not bigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cave. And I'm like, okay, this is why the rope is here, clearly. So I like yell up to you guys, like, right. well, I don't, I don't remember what There's I said. There's a cave. Yeah, yeah. like very, like just surprise and shock. There's a cave down here. I'm thinking yeah. Goonies immediately. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking because we already crossed that log, you know, yesterday. You know, like the Goonies did. Now yep. there's a cave, and I'm like, okay, where the Fratellis are going to be after us? <laughs> exactly. Where's Where's a sloth? You know, exactly. Right? And so, yeah, when we all got down there, I waited. I wasn't going to just charge into there. I was waiting for everybody to get down. And we get down there, and we make our way carefully to the cave because it is kind of like getting there. It's all, like, rocky and slippery, and the the, uh, the shore wasn't – it was either mush or rock, and the rock was slippery. And uh, we get up to the cave entrance, and it's, like, it's slippery and mossy and algae-covered and um, – yeah, we start exploring this cave. I'm gonna let Aaron take over here. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, it was you, you walk in and you see uh, how far. The first thing I do when I see a cave uh, here in Arkansas the last two years is just I want to know how far back it goes. Right, mm-hmm. I want to see does the light shine all the way into the back? How far can I see? So I take my I have my video camera and I point it way back in the little corner of the cave. And there's an opening that's probably about two to three feet tall to where you'd have to get on your belly to go any further. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can also, as we were walking in, I was like, do you hear that? I can't remember who I said that to. And there was like a bubbling sound. And there was water coming from underneath the, the cave. So that tells me, just from my experience of going into all the caves here in Arkansas, is that cave goes back a ways. There's lots of springs in this area that... Uh, come out of these caves and typically even there can be a little river underneath there and uh it's i bet you it goes back quite a ways if you were to go through that two to three feet and i'd say you know in terms of the spots that you could walk on i'd say that cave probably went back about a to the point that we could get without getting on our belly and crawling in further it was about a hundred feet back i'd say at least that, um, I think that'd be fair. And and yep. to give people a little perspective, the cave was kind of shaped like an oyster. Imagine yeah. an oy- oyster yeah. that's pinched that's open. So the mouth of the cave is is I'd say it was about thirty feet high. Really, yeah, really and wide. Then, and then the further in you walk, the further back into the cave you walk, the roof narrows and narrows, and mm-hmm. it finally comes to a little point where there's a crawl space. And those crawl spaces, like you said, if you really looked, you could see pretty far back there. And I was like, if you were hiding anything, like something you didn't want anybody to find, that's where you would tuck that stuff. You'd, whatever you, it is you're looking for. You kept calling 
a robber's cave. That's what you would call these things. I mean, back in the day, it was like these, especially like during the old like rum runners and all these things, like this, those natural places you would go and you would stash, whether it be, you know, liquor or whatever it was, money you stole from the bank. You never catch me, you see? Never. Right. Well, Bonnie, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are. In fact, War Eagle Cavern over in Arkansas near Beaver Lake, I've been in that cave and they... They, Bonnie and Clyde used to hide in there. Uh, they have they filmed movies inside this cave too, and so yeah, it is. I mean, it was like a it was like that. Yeah, it was similar. I mean, that's a classic situation where I mean, if you wanted, provided no one knew where that was, and if you wanted to hide out, that would be the place to be, man. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want to be there at night. I know Eddie was looking for signs of you know human. You know, we were looking for signs of litter or trash or like human you know footprints, and I'm I'm thinking. God, that was a perfect spot. If you're a mountain lion, if yep. you're a dog man, if you're if you're a, a predator, I mean, I didn't want to get too close to the to the opening in the back of the cave because it was just the right size for a for a mountain lion to sneak through. And I know they're extremely rare, but um, you know, you never know. And 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 again, even if it's a, a dog man type creature who wants to get out of the rain or get out of the elements, I mean, there was nothing back there. I mean, it would it would make for the perfect spot for a, for a beast to hide. The lack of oh, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, there, there wasn't a, a lot of sign of humans being down there. I think we found a cigarette butt. One cigarette butt, and we found a few splashes from what looked like to be wax from a candle. Yeah. So maybe you know there people had some candles or something down down there at one point, but yeah, no pop cans, no candy wrappers. Yeah, only one cigarette. No, no butt. trash of any kind. Like, it is weird. It is interesting that there's not a lot of signs other than the rope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you'd and think if it was a party spot for teens to go and hang out, everywhere. you know, if it was like a lover's lane kind of play, you'd find pop cans, you'd find, you know, cigarette cartons. There's nothing. I mean, it. I don't know. It was it was beautiful during the day. I would not want to be there at night. It'd be very scary at night. Yeah. I, um, and the bottom line is, and we're getting around, we're kind of skipping over this, but. It's underneath a cemetery. Yeah. It's yeah. under above us is coffins and graves and you know, it's not skeletons. I was waiting for you to bring that up because you have your lovely drawing over I there. I did a drawing. This is what yep. I do for a living, everybody. You can't, can't see, see it, it but, but I did a, I'll put a little sketch up on the on the site too. But this is a pretty de- accurate depiction, a cross section of what the cave looked like. And we we were legitimately underneath the cemetery. Literally. Without exaggeration. There were dead bodies above us. If we <laughs> were able to drill directly up above us, we would have popped out right in the cemetery, you know? Yeah. And and um, with that kind of knowledge, part of me, and I don't want to go straight to the macabre, but part of me is like, man, you got candle wax in a cave underneath a cemetery. Yeah. You know, people are definitely doing some sort of rituals here. Yeah. And maybe they're well-intended, who knows? But the bottom line is it's like, uh, you know... Luckily, we didn't find any remains of those types of rituals. Either. There weren't any. No, no, which, no bones or anything which, like which that. Which would lead me to light rituals at that point, too, because whenever, whenever I've stumbled across ritualistic places that, were, that you had dark stuff happening, i.e. Sunnyland uh, Sanitarium, uh, <laughs> there was always remnants of these rituals. There was bones and dried blood and things like that. But for this, there was literally... It was like, the, it was like a national park. It was pristine, yeah. except for a one was, cigarette It was butt. rock. It was water it was moss it was a few splashes of candle wax this yeah. is about all it yeah. was yeah one frog a frog who's alive <laughs> alive and well yeah 
And you had you had uh, water, the reflection of the water oh, from so the pretty. from the stream that was glistening off the roof of the cave. I mean, it was just so beautiful. And uh, saw a big old uh, wasp nest uh, stuck oh. stuck to the top of the cave wall. And also there were those um, kind of mud. Mud, uh, mud cone daubers. shaped. What are they called? The, the birds, mud daubers, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah mud daubers. Yeah. Uh, something ran, pipe, pipe ran, something like that. They they make little mud nests. Yeah, they were like <laughs> little mud huts. Kind of remind me of what uh, an Ewok would live in of some yeah. sort. Oh, right. you know, yeah. Like yeah. on the on the side there. Those yeah. were kind of stuck to the walls and exactly. stuck to the you ceilings. See some weird pug face looking Ewok popping right. out of one of those holes. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> in you want that? A tiny yep, little yep. one, like real small <laughs> Ewok. Yeah, tiniest <laughs> Ewok. <laughs> You know, hey but it, guys! <laughs> Get him high-pitched voice. Yeah. But regarding the dog man, because that's what this show is really about. Well, yeah. Right. So we we were like, okay, there's nothing down here. This is cool. We got to find our way back up. Uh, so you know, one by one, we get up there. Pat goes up first, like a champ, I might add. Pat makes it up, um, and I'm I'm kind of up there. I make it to the halfway point, and I kind of. Uh, go off to the side and I'm kind of sitting on a rock and I'm waving Eddie. Eddie comes up, Aaron comes up, Aaron hands me the, the camera tripod and I, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get video and some pictures of you guys going up the rope. This is going to be cool for the documentary we're going to make. And so I'm the last one up. And again, I have half, I have half the climb left to go, but I only have, um, one hand really, cause I'm holding onto the camera tripod. And so I'm, I'm basically on my hands and knees at this point in time. Um, and I have my hand, tightly gripped onto a uh, the bottom of a tree branch. It was only about an inch in diameter, and I'm, I'm holding on to that as my support so I don't slip down the hill. And lo and behold, the, the old rotted uh, tree that I was holding on to snaps off. It says bye-bye. Yeah, it and I cracks. watch. Yeah, and I watch. I'm watching this, and and I'm like, oh. And, and you, you come up, and you have this in your hand, and you're just, um, yeah, I was like, oh, he's going over. That's the thought that went through my head. And I think at this time, Eddie and I were off reading gravestones. Yeah, you were at the top paying attention. Right? Yeah. Well, and and when, it, when it snapped yeah. off, the tree literally uh, tumbled down the hill and fell over the, the, the side. I, I, I'll put it this way. I'd never been so close in my life to literally falling off of a, a cliff before. But when it snapped, I, I just I went down on my belly, you know, and I kind of dug my fingernails and I dig my, my toes into the ground to kind of keep myself from sliding. And I managed to get a hold of the rope at that point in time. And but I was I was nervous. I was kind of shaking and, and trembling. You know, the adrenaline was going and I cut my hand just a little bit and but uh, made it up to the top, uh, made it up to the top. And uh, but it, when, when that snapped, I, I, you know, I knew you guys up top were going to be wondering what that was. So I hollered, I hollered up. I'm OK. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we were scared yeah. to death. I heard, I'm OK. A, I heard a ruckus and I'm like, oh, God, he fell. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing you laying on the ground. <gasps> Andy. But we make it up to the top. We explore some of the graves. Uh, we're reading some of the names that we can on the, on the headstones. And uh, and then just kind of, again, catty corner, catty wampus, if you will, to the cemetery was the white uh, farmhouse that the dog man had been sighted three on see, three separate occasions. And at this point, we're wondering if anybody lives there because it... It, it it's I don't know it's in a, it's in kind of bad shape, um, but it's not completely dilapidated. So we're kind of like okay, somebody either lives there and doesn't take care of it, or it's abandoned and still standing. So we we drive over there and park, and it, we're kind of doing a uh, okay, who's gonna go knock on the door and ask uh, Farmer Brown if we can <laughs> if he's seen a dog man <laughs> and Aaron? Yeah, Aaron I yeah I have no problem. I'm not shy. I'll talk to anybody just about any time. The uh, so we yeah, and then Eddie comes with me too, 
And uh, we end up going up and looked in. The first thing I did, was, though, was look in the front window uh, and uh, saw that the, no one is obviously living here. Uh, but just but there was like a TV and a chair in there. So I'm thinking, well, I don't know, maybe it's a bachelor. I mean, I've I've lived in situations similar. <laughs> so <laughs> the, yeah, tarp, right? TV, and some <laughs> right? pizza rolls. That's man. all I need, Good. right? You got a cooler to sit on with beer in it, right? And a, and yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, you're thinking furniture when you're young and can't afford furniture. You don't have any, right? So. Uh, we go up, and so we knock on the door anyway. We knock a couple times, and it's clearly no one's there. Uh, and then we end up making our way down the the port, front of the porch, back around to the right, and kind of just do a perimeter search of the, the area uh, and see what we can see. And there wasn't much to see uh, in terms of dog man, uh, but there was, uh, I mean, the house itself, though, had... I don't know. It had like a personality to it because the that I just keep thinking of the one video that you made of the of that, and it, it feels it just felt kind of like there was a heavy presence there. Um, but that was the. I mean, if my intuition's kicking in, that's that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and it it yeah it just kind of had an eerie feeling to it. Yeah. You know, to stand. I mean, we were, and then I got out and I did a you know walk the perimeter of the house, and it, it was just kind of weird. You know, assuming that that was. A, a true story of, of this husband and wife who saw this creature literally jump off the porch of that farmhouse to be standing in the very spot where a dog man's been sighted and the house is abandoned. Yeah. I had that a cemetery. I mean, yeah. I, I had chills. I had that in the back of my head as I was, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it as, and I, and I remember asking you how this all occurred as we were walking up and you explained what you just did. And I had that in the back of my brain. And as I was walking around, I was like this, I, I mean, maybe that was what gave me the heavy presence was my own psychology, but it was, uh, a, a pretty, I don't know. It was, it was a pretty cool experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It was definitely a little cherry on top of what we had experienced with the cave and the graveyard and, and everything else, and then that yeah, that abandoned house had a heaviness to it for sure. Um, well, and the cemetery across the street, oh, right? Man, yeah, there was Could definitely like just the air was kind of thick. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I mean that was that thing, and then we ended up going back to the uh, to the national park and uh, kind of finished off the night that way, just kind of revisiting some. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, the dad part of the paranormal dads. We tuckered out. It was a long day. <laughs> we we meant to go exploring some other areas, but by the time we made it back to our, uh, we, we actually have a, a base camp at a campsite in a state park, and we're not camping. Obviously, we're in our motel t- so we can rest our, our achy backs, but we went back there just to, to film our Facebook Live, walk through the forest a little bit. Uh, Eddie took us on a... <laughs> <laughs> on, a tr- on a little little <laughs> jaunt that we weren't quite prepared for. We've been going left this whole time, and at one point I'm like, "Let's go right." So we t- we took a different trail, and uh, it felt like the trail. Yeah, worked. I was in. A, I was part of the uh, the the I vote on yeah. on going that way, right? <laughs> let's do something so, different, you know. Let's just yeah. go a different way. And right. That trail was not connecting up to the one that we were familiar it with. Definitely wasn't. Yeah. And I'm not sure it was going to take us back to the general spot you were saying it was going to kick us out to a whole different part of the park at some right point, to the, it seemed like it might take us to the where the tent camping part of the park is at but it, uh, but it was going down. up and yeah in no direction and at one point i remember thinking oh my we are caught in a paranormal loop right <laughs> where we're gonna just keep walking in circles andy's wearing shorts i have shorts eddie has a tank top on and it is quickly getting dark it is cold. Quickly the temperature dark is dropping cold. i mean yeah, it's it, cold. by the time we left the forest it was dark and I'd say it was, 
I don't know. It was 45, maybe 50 chilly. degrees. It, it was, was getting chilly. cold. Yeah. Steam was starting to rise off of the flashlights again, like yeah. the night before. And, and I'm thinking to myself, yes, we're in a state park. Yes, you know, there's there's campers, you know, a uh, quarter mile away. But these search and rescue stories that you hear, that's how they start. People wandering out close to dark, unprepared, with, with not enough clothing. And I'm like, this this is exactly what we're doing. But these trails, <laughs> right? they say trails, and people think, oh, you're on a trail. Yeah, this trail to the left of you, five yeah. feet, is a vertical drop of yeah. 100 feet. Yeah. To yeah, the bottom. Very, very rocky, uh, you know, muddy. You know, they weren't paved at all. No. Um, a lot of times, the sometimes trail would they were hard to follow. Yeah, yeah, the trail would go away for a while. You have to kind of rely on your like sense to kind of figure out where you were. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, these trails are. I would say they're probably some of the most lower maintenance trails I've ever really gone on. Between, you know, they're not paved. Like you said, there's no. There's a maybe every what five hundred feet, maybe maybe every thousand feet. There's an arrow. Right, there's a Maybe. marker. There were yeah. there were logs laying, uh, and that's kind of where you, with lack of maintenance, uh, there were logs laying over the trail. And typically, in around here, in the at least in the in the in the state parks in Arkansas, <clears throat> excuse me, those are uh, those trails are relatively maintained. But every once in a while, you'll come across one like that that has a log laying over the front of the trail. Or yeah, yeah it's pretty common. That's crazy. Yeah. And those trails are, you're right, the sheer drop, and, and the trail was, I remember walking over to the edge a little bit, because there's a little spot where you could walk out and looking down, I was like, oh. Yeah, that's, that's a death. That's, that's a death fall. I bet you there's a cave underneath here, guys. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> Get a rope. Well, there you go. There's uh, segment number two of our special long edition of the Paranormal Dad's Dogman Expedition 2021 and uh, yeah, it's a good little. I mean, what, what else do you want? You got rope repelling, cave exploring under a cemetery, an abandoned farmhouse where a werewolf's been sighted. What else do you want? What yeah. Are, you, are mean... you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say so far, and, and a weird phantom mist that phantom shows mist. up. And I mean, we're getting some. We're getting some stuff here, and I feel like once again on these types of trips, on these types of investigations, there's an escalation that happens, and so I'm kind of eager for. Night three. Yeah, what tonight? Which is tonight. We'll update you in the next segment on what happens in part three. Thanks for sticking with us. Well, day three, gentlemen. Day, well, night three. Well, day day three slash night three. Correct. I just texted a friend, happy Friday. Yeah. (laughs) An hour ago. I don't know what day it is, man. Yeah. I have no idea where we're at, what we're doing anymore. Yep. It's a problem with being on the road. You don't even know what day it is. That was the feeling yesterday. Someone was like, what time is it? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what time it is. Like, <laughs> we, have nowhere to, <laughs> we have nowhere to be. The sun is in the eastern quadrant. Exactly. It's like, who cares? It's day or it's night. No, all I know is times. I missed my nap yesterday, so that's all right. Yeah, I think we all did. Um, yesterday we decided to. No, you didn't miss your nap, Eddie. Oh, the I'm thing, sorry. everyone. <laughs> if you're listening, I was. If you're I listening, kind listeners, I'm outed. <laughs> one one thing you need to know about our good friend Eddie. Eddie goes a hundred miles an hour. Eddie's the funny guy of the group. <laughs> All gas, no brakes. He he cracks jokes nonstop. And while we're driving, he'll be a mile a minute, you know, cracking jokes. He's on point. He's hyper. He's talkative. And then you look back like five seconds later, and he's asleep, <laughs> out cold and snoring. There's been a couple times I had to I had to elbow Aaron in the side, and I'm like, you know, look at look at how the hell did he fall asleep that quickly? Yeah, I drive. I, I look back and as I'm driving, and yeah, he's knocked out. I mean, he's just <laughs> sawing logs. 
It's kind of similar to one of those uh, wind-up toys. You pull the pull string, and then they have a, a number of catchphrases. And then when the string's done, it, the, yeah, it just the thing silent. is silent. You got to pull Eddie's pull string to get him going again. This is it, man. I'm a sprinter. Go 100 miles an hour wherever I'm going. <laughs> the irony is, though, I'm I'm late. I don't understand how that. <laughs> But no, on vacation, on vacation time, we all get twisted around to, to know what time of day it is. But yesterday was an action-packed day. I mean, by the by the time we packed it in last night, I was we were walking back to the truck, and I was like, "What did we do today?" It seemed like so uh, much. So let's start at the beginning. What was the first thing we did yesterday? Uh, we recorded a day two podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's technically, that is correct. Gives me deja vu. Uh, no, we. Uh, I installed an app on my phone, and uh, Aaron, the intrepid Aaron here, is familiar with this app as well. I don't believe Andy or Pat have heard of this app, and maybe you, fine listener, have not heard of this app either. Randonautica. It's this adventuring kind of app. Aaron, am I, am I doing that justice? Yeah, I think part? so. I think uh, as far as what I know about it is you uh, enter uh, your location into the app, and then within you choose a, a mile radius, and it allows you, it'll give you a random point somewhere on the globe to go hiking to and have a little mini adventure if you want, or you could take a day adventure, and it, yeah. just depending on the, the, the miles you put into it. So you can um, adjust the radius, like if you want to go on a five-mile adventure or a 25-mile adventure? Correct, yeah. 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 Opens up more yeah. possibilities of different places you could go. Yeah, yeah, and it certainly, I think, it does take into account accessibility for the most part. We ran into a thing yesterday. Andy <laughs> it was of, not accessible. It was not accessible. It wasn't accessible in the sense of the legality of it all. It was accessible <laughs> in the physical sense. They, they would not put that, they wouldn't put you on the face of a mountain, for example, or in the middle of the ocean. If you couldn't drive to it and then get to it on foot, fairly yeah. Easily. If we really wanted to get there, we could have. I mean, man, who hasn't climbed a fence in their life, right? <laughs> oh, I've totally done that. Right? I know Pat hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's a paranormal component to the app, or or so or so it goes, right? Correct. How, how does, how yeah, does it correct, work? Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, Aaron, you want to lead with that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get into that. Uh, so the app itself. It, it, the idea is you put your attentions out there into the world or into the app or as you're thinking about it, as you generate that point. And uh, it will give you a point that is, like I said, an adventure. But there has been some paranormal sort of activities that have happened uh, around the app and points that it's given other people that they've reported, like taking them out to a place where uh, someone was murdered, and I think they've even actually found bodies with this app. From my understanding, like, there's been yeah, bodies found right? with this yeah. app. Yeah, there's that's been, my understanding as well. There's been weird, like like haunted locations. There's been just funky UFO sightings right. while, while yep. using this app. And yeah, I think we watched the same uh, show about the app, maybe because I remember that as well. They found someone found a body out in the middle of nowhere, and then they had they reported it to the authorities and everything. And then uh, there's another episode I saw of someone using this app where they found vehicles and then as soon as they got to the vehicles out in the middle of the woods which were in the middle of nowhere uh they started hearing voices they started hearing uh ghosts and uh, uh different paranormal things happening so so yeah we figured we're out on vacation for this week and this weekend and what better time to test this app out so we decided to put in a fairly you know moderate and we didn't go crazy uh, search radius and it took us maybe what about 15 minutes away from our hotel and but it was definitely out kind of tucked away in a little pocket and sure enough there was some creepy kind of sights there was a couple of uh you know abandoned buildings that had just come up all that was left was a chimney on one of them 
Andy got some sweet photos, and they just had a weird overall, kind of a nasty, not nasty, but just an eerie vibe to it. And then we get up on a gate that's chained shut, <laughs> and for us to go any further, we would have had to have jumped the fence, and <laughs> I'd be Eddie, lying. Eddie was ready to go. Eddie, you know, Eddie's sense of adventure is second to none, but sometimes I almost feel like we need to put one of those toddler harnesses on him with a with a leash, yeah. you know? Like, where's Eddie? Put a bell on him. Where'd he go? Did he hop the fence? This, this is, is he... Eddie's reasoning. It's It's like... Okay, there's a fence with a huge chain around it, but it doesn't say no trespassing, so <laughs> yes, we should be good. I was looking for <laughs> Let's that. just do it. I was looking for any no trespassing signs, and I didn't <laughs> see any, and I'm like, ah, what the heck? If they want to get loosey-goosey with the rules, then we'll we'll hop the fence. That's a, my only real drawback to it was, like, it was a pretty good distance to walk to the point, and the farm, from what I could see, the farmhouse or the house that was there, had a just a clear view of that gate, and I was like, <laughs> someone could easily just start shooting at. And us. there were were people out and about on a, like a little four wheel. There was vehicle, uh, just one of those little uh, I don't know what you call them, little scout kind it's of like a gator, ATV kind of things, thing. Yeah, yeah, like a gator thing. But so, <laughs> but yeah, I was heavily debating just hopping like, the. Fence. I'm not sure this is such a good idea. Forgiveness over permission. I think at one point I said, Eddie, you go that way. I'll go this yeah, way. They thing. only can shoot one of us <laughs> at a time, right? If there's only one gun. I'll be right? in the truck <laughs> making lunch. <laughs> but we got, I mean, we got within, I'd say, about, you know, what, what would you say? Maybe a thousand feet of it, maybe? Yeah, pretty close. And it looked like it ended in the middle of that field, Yeah, right? like right by the watering hole area. Yeah. So we probably, yeah. I mean, Lord knows, or there was some pirate gold there. We'll never know. Right. <laughs> we could be rich beyond our wildest imagination. Yeah, but we played it safe. <laughs> and then we could buy a pet dog man with all that money. I want a pet dog man. But it was a fun app to try. Like, I would encourage people to use it. I will encourage them. And the better part here is don't go into areas that you believe to be private property or, you know, that you don't feel good about. And you probably don't want to go alone either. Don't go alone. That's a good piece of advice anytime. Yeah. Like, even when you go... I would argue even when you go for, like, a morning run in the park when it's dark outside, if you have a running buddy or a walking buddy, you might want to consider that. It's just, I don't know, anymore, safety in numbers. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun time. It was a fun little adventure. Just kind of randomly go somewhere and see where the app takes you. And, and uh, yeah, but just adventure responsibly. And, uh, yeah, it was a super way to start... Super fun way to start the day. And then from that point, Andy, we went to a nature trail that was about an hour away... Yeah, it ended up being about an hour away. You know, we had a little bit of a hard time initially finding it, and I'm trying to pull up. Was it? It was Savannah Trail, correct? Savannah and Pine Ridge Trail, and that was near Proctor, Oklahoma. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was. Oh gosh, you know, we we thought there was uh, our, our GPS was making a mistake. You know, we got to Proctor, and then we couldn't we couldn't figure out where the you know where the entrance was to get to the trail, and it was basically just a gravel road that was poorly marked. So we drive down this gravel road for a good 10 minutes or so. And then, gosh, it was almost like the gates of heaven opened up because here's this big, huge arch, and it's it's beautifully, uh, you Gorgeous. know... It's, Very it's, well manicured. It was it was uh, laid out really well. Um, you, you, I, I think somebody put a lot of money. It was a private reserve, and somebody put a lot of money into it, you could tell. I think it was Boeing, wasn't it, who sponsored it? Well, they sponsored... I, I noticed they had, like, some signs posted, like information type signs and and there were the signs were provided by a grant from Boeing I believe yeah JT Nichols was reserve yeah. wildlife reserve was the name of the place 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was impeccably maintained, but we were the, we were the only people there, and uh, it was essentially three separate trails that are inter- interconnected with one another. The first stretch was kind of a, I don't know, like kind of brushland. It was a very steep climb. Um, you know, and of course, when we first got there, it, we, there was a bunch of, uh, buzzards and, and turkey vultures circling How above about 20 of them, tons of them. And there was a smell of decaying, rotting something. It was a rotting, rotting carcass of some kind. And, you know, a lot of reports of dogmen and Bigfoot and stuff are accompanied by weird smells. So we were kind of on high alert. We went into the area kind of with the mindset of being quiet. You know, usually we're cracking jokes and being, being funny and having a good time and but we thought okay let's be a little stealthy so for the first uh i don't know 20 30 minutes of the hike up the it felt like a mountain up the mountain we were pretty quiet we were quiet and we tried to be quiet uh because it's autumn essentially a lot of crunchy leaves on the ground so they kind of worked against us at some point when we got off the rocky trail and uh, i'm gonna see <laughs> good tight Eddie is allergic to rocky trails. Podcasting, man. I'm allergic to rotting flesh. (laughs) Um, But uh, very serene. And it's aptly named. It was the Savannah Trail. And it had a savannah, like you were saying, Andy, kind of a brush, you know, brushland. Not very treed. A little bit treed. There's some canopy towards the top of the trail. As we got down into, like, the basin area of the the mountain. (laughs) The bluff. But a super... um, Great. It was a very good feeling about it. I mean, it was just very peaceful and very calm, very quiet. Yeah, I think we saw three people the entire time we were out there. One guy was at the front gate just kind of doing some weed eating and taking care of the place. And then we saw a couple at the very end as we're coming off the trail. They were sitting there having a little picnic and uh, we, we chatted with them a little bit. But uh yeah, otherwise, we it, it was like we had the place to ourselves. Yeah, nary a human there. Uh, came across a couple of deer once we made it to kind of the top of the ridge that we were walking up. A lot of uh, fire damage up there, whether they be from lightning strikes or controlled burns uh, that they, they do do on that property. Um, so that kind of made for some eerie uh, photo opportunities as well. Um yeah, but, the, but the deer, uh, they kept, kept a pretty good distance around us. Um, once they kind of realized we were behind them, they they kind of did it end around. They ended up going back around behind us. Um, so we that was kind of fun to watch. They did. And as they came, that was towards the ends of the hike, right? Right. And as they came uh, back ar- around, I was, I was trailing behind because I was getting video, uh, capturing some video. And... Uh, I was able to get a couple of them on camera as they were running by, but they were pretty deer. They were yeah. big. They yeah. were big. They were real big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and once we were on the like the second trail, the second section uh, was that that was Pine Ridge. Yep. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. It's Gorgeous. like you go from this uh, brushland, which kind of reminded me of like the uh, Southwest Desert in a way, mm-hmm. kind of low lying shrubs and stuff. And then it opens up into this gorgeous forest with more trees than you could count. It's lush, it's green, it's heavily shaded because there's so much foliage. And uh, so many pine needles on the ground, it almost provided extra cushion. Felt like you were walking on a cloud. Oh, man. And uh, uh, But, you know, we're in there. We're the only people there. It is whisper quiet. I mean, there there is nothing. There is nobody for, for, for miles, it felt like. And, you know, we're, we keep looking left and looking right. It wasn't really eerie. It was just beautiful. But I'm thinking... You know, certainly at night, uh, prime dogman territory. He has deer to snack on. 
mile or two away on that farm that we saw, there's there's cows galore oh, for yeah. a midnight snack. Um, we did pass by that one cow that was mutilated <laughs> yeah disemboweled or yeah something. No, no other way to describe it i have never seen a dead cow in on rancher's land and before. that's the weird thing it was just sitting out there and it, it, you can tell it's been there for quite some time i'm, I'm kind of surprised it hadn't been Several cleaned days, up at least you know? right well because i and i we i you know we're from nebraska but I, I know absolutely nothing about farming but you know i would think if a farmer had a dead cow on the property he would dispose of it pretty quickly because you leave it out there you're inviting in um coyotes and other scavengers right to, yeah. oh and, no doubt no doubt about it and then they're going to get hungry for more cows right right so, you're right. inviting more trouble by leaving that around than you are by carting it off yeah. right yeah but yeah it was just out there just rotting away yeah it was unusual i mean you you, you hear about the cattle mutilations that happen and uh just randomly you know like on skinwalker ranch etc and you're just wondering what how did that cow my the thoughts that go through my mind when i see a dead cow is why you know how did how did it get there uh what what what's the what was the process in which it died um so i don't know those questions are still unanswered who knows but like you were saying andy the prime habitat it seemed like you have water yeah you have you have have decent coverage and you have open fields to be able to find and come after uh food um also, getting into the topography, it was like you said, just breathtaking. Just, just this change of you know tree canopy, and there's mushrooms everywhere, and there was these great rocks, and it just had this magical kind of feel to the whole to the whole area. Yeah, and as the sun was uh, hitting the trees, as a little lower in the sky now that it's fall, it, it was lighting up that uh, the they were glowing basically some of the leaves were glowing and the light was streaming through and there's a little bit of atmospheric uh perspective not perspective but a little bit of atmosphere in the in uh, in the tree canopy as we were walking underneath it just made for a really kind of serene beautiful golden walk you know oh it was great and yeah. uh so yeah it takes you to a whole different world uh certainly but uh no, no real sense. Uh, we played some uh, some coyote howl or some coyote sounds, we some did. wolf howls. Yep. Um, we tried to kind of see if we could kind of provoke anything. Andy did some. We did some tree knocking, uh, more of a Sasquatch kind of thing, but just trying to see if what would be out there, and really just kind of a just quiet thing, honestly. And um, but a very very uh, atmospheric and very cool uh, reserve. Yeah. So. Uh... After that, we kind of came back home yep. to the home base here at the hotel and yeah, regrouped and had some dinner and uh, got ready for our final excursion, which was a uh, another trail we found not too terribly far from our hotel. Again, um, about 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, know. and it's uh, it was, I believe it was actually put together as part of a Boy Scout project, like an Eagle Scout project. Uh a fairly short trail. It was maybe like an hour, yeah. no, not an hour, a, mi- a mile all the yeah. way around. But um, it, uh, it was very well laid out. They had several uh, different pavilion type places where you could go. They had picnic benches and, and places you could go sit. Uh, they had some overlakes, uh, overlooks for a lake that was nearby. Um, but we, we got there well after dark. Again, nobody there. Uh, so we had the place to ourselves. Um, a lot of waterfall uh, moving about in the dark, um, so you could hear them. 
geese sound creepy at night. They they do, yeah. Especially when they get into like there were a lot of reeds and things like that around, and they'd go splashing into those and just make all kinds of noise. Um, so that was kind of a an interesting thing to go in there and and check out. There were um, we did hear some coyotes. Yes, that, that was a super active. Yeah, and and they yeah they got really loud. Uh, I think there was there was also a highway not too terribly far uh, from it, and um, I think the coyotes were probably on the other side of the highway, so I don't think they were ever really close to us. But still, when you're out there uh, stumbling around in the dark, it was it was a good thing to 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 hear. Yeah, it was, and the immediate one of the immediate things I noticed was again uh, a distinct smell as soon as we got oh. out of the truck. Right, I think there it's was, still on us. Right, yeah. <laughs> when we left, it felt like it was still in the truck too. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were still smelling it, uh, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a, just like decaying smell again. Uh, and I don't know if that was from the power plant that was nearby, there was or wh- if it was. Yeah, there was a plant not terribly far away, and it's very possible that smell could have been coming from a plant maybe it right. was a sulfurish type of a smell yeah, i'm not sure like yeah. rotten like gym shoes is what it kind of reminded <laughs> me of right? but then yeah. you, there was a large lake right there so yeah. i mean the chances yeah. of there being uh you know a dead fish washed right. up on the side True. or yeah. you know but i feel like we were there during the right during the right time of day you know i have pulled up it's basically a pie chart from the North American Dogman Project website, which is, I would encourage you to go check this out if you're interested in some facts and research and evidence. And um, it, it's a pie chart that breaks down the dogman sightings per time of day, per season, per uh, per occupation, like what kind of, what kind of people see them. And yeah. now we were at this place last night. Uh, I'm trying to think what time we got there. Was it eight o'clock ish? Maybe about eight o'clock. We left about eleven. See, we were there during about the right time because, uh, according to this chart, uh, between 9 p.m. and midnight is when one-third of all dogman sightings take place. 33% uh, are right in that window. Uh, 21% take place from midnight to 3 a.m. So right there, that's half the pie chart is, you know, essentially from uh, 9 at nine o'clock at night till 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, but, you know, a good chunk are seen also right around sunset. Uh, another good chunk are seen between 3 a.m. and 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 6 a.m. so uh kind of interesting but you know again i don't know if the uh like you said the nearby highway that could be a deterrent for a creature like dogman um you know i i don't know or or is it a plus does it kind of mask his footsteps a little bit if he's trying to sneak up on a prey well you never know that site that we investigated over by the cemetery there was a very active highway that went between the two places where the dogman sightings were reported. There's the house on one side of the highway, the cemetery on the other, and right down the middle is was a very very active highway. We were we were there for a good I don't know hour or two, couple hours maybe, and and trucks and cars nonstop up and down that highway. Uh, so it was actually kind of amazing that a dogman would be sighted so frequently in such a busy place but then again you got more people going through there are more witnesses to see anything that might be about the dog men don't care <laughs> he's wonder. just like you Arrest. know what i mean like <laughs> i am apex predator yeah yeah right. you don't you don't yeah. worry about much right. I, yeah. I do wonder too if uh, highways do provide a source of food 
because you have roadkill and then roadkill attracts other animals that are busy looking and trying to eat. And then you're like, well, I'm going to now eat you. So it's like <laughs> if you have a coyote or a pack of them eating on something that got hit by a car and then a wolf man rolls up, he just, he has three coyotes he gets to eat. You know, So I, just, I wonder sometimes if those corridors aren't almost attractors for some of these things because they, they produce... I mean, it's a it's it's a conduit to food. I think sometimes. Well, and speaking of vehicles, here's another interesting thing I pulled up from the website. It's a it's a chart that is sightings per occupation. Twenty two percent of people who have a dogman encounter are uh, police sightings. Yeah. And I think it's because police driving up and down highways, driving up and down freeways mm-hmm. and interstates, and they see these things along the side of the road, you know. Yeah. Um, they're, they're trained observers, you know, so they're looking left, they're looking right for any suspicious activity. So that's kind of interesting. There is a lot of dogman sightings on the road. You don't technically need to be a mile back in the woods to see these, you know. Right. If the wind blows just right and the, the luck is in your favor, uh, you might see one. Yeah. And then as, in terms of military sightings, 11%. Mm. Uh, people who see these things are in the military. Uh, the remaining 67% are civilians, such as us. Um, you know, but again, you know, during, uh, I think being here during the fall uh, is one of the best times that we could come in search of the dogman. Um, another pie chart here, uh, 22% of all sightings take place in the fall in the yeah. fall season, mm-hmm. uh, which is second place only to summer. Uh, summer is when 44% of sightings take wow. place. Yeah. And then a tie for third place is uh, spring and winter at 17% yeah. each, respectively. So, you know, they're seen in all seasons. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation in the Bigfoot community of, are Bigfoot, you know, do they migrate? Do they, you know, do they move into different warmer territories in the winter? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if Dogman operates the same. I don't know if they live in caves such as the one we were in a couple days ago. Yeah. Uh, who knows? But I, I think it's pretty cool that that website breaks it down uh, and has some statistics like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Those statistics probably come from the sightings, and someone probably pulled that information from those witness eyewitness reports, I would imagine, right? That's, yeah, it seems yeah. like they have uh, regional, basically regional directors that people report to. You know, they have it broken down by Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, Southern states. Kind of like and the BFRO. Exactly. It's okay. it's the dogman equivalent of, of the BFRO. So yeah. uh, they have a, a main dude who takes the sightings and takes down those key uh, figures, such as season, time, date, your occupation, things like that. So. We did notice that persistent smell yesterday too again at that other trail the 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 boy scout trail um particularly strong at one point uh just a really decaying kind of rotting stinky stink you know a smelly smell that smelled smelly (laughs) it was smelly smelly (laughs) yeah so yeah it's funny how that was kind of there but beautiful night again i mean that har it was a harvest moon wasn't the blood moon whatever it looked like red yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah, we didn't we were Subjected some awesome-looking moonrises, and yeah. uh, uh, it was a great time to be out uh, looking at the moon when we were here. I couldn't have picked a better time. Yeah, no, not yeah. You definitely couldn't have picked a better time, and it just gave this overall uh, again the atmosphere of the experience for myself at least was. I mean, I just. I had goosebumps almost the whole time. I don't think my goosebumps stopped goosebumping. <laughs> <laughs> Your goosebumps had goosebumps. Right? Yeah. yeah. But the no. coyotes were cool last night, too. Yeah. I mean, they chimed right in. You were doing a Facebook Live event. You could probably, if you go to Andy's uh, uh, yeah. Facebook page, uh, Psychic Andy Myers, 
uh, and look at his uh, most recent couple of videos. I forget which one it might have been, but uh, you can hear um, the coyotes uh, perk up and they just kind of go for a solid maybe minute or two and then they die down. But yeah, they, they obviously were having a dispute amongst the pack or they came across something, right? That's, yeah. I mean, there was something, they were loud and they were obviously uh, going after or trying to fend something off, it seemed like. Yeah. You know, and there's there's a lot of coyote activity associated with Dogman, which you wouldn't think those two, you know, creatures overlapped or, or intersect. But in fact, the, I listened to one particular eyewitness podcast who had numerous, I'm talking like a half dozen reports of a upright large Dogman that was nearby a residential neighborhood and it was continuously sighted with a pack of coyotes. Like the coyotes were its henchmen, hmm. like the the the... <laughs> The dog man was the was the alpha. He was the kingpin, and and the other guys were just doing his dirty work because right. they were like surrounding him, like they were protecting oh, him wow. at times. That's... He was Scar, and they were the hyenas. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Disney reference, love it, love it. So, so anybody have any final thoughts before we uh, yeah. put a nail in this one? I think I, we're. I just we're think about this there. was an amazing trip. Shy of just having a direct uh, uh, dog man encounter, this was an amazing. Uh, trip. I mean, everything from seeing the magic of these glow worms on the ground to this, and I'm still sticking by my guns until we figure out otherwise, Aaron. So the, <laughs> that that paranormal mist that makes no sense to me on that video. I mean, it just behaves like unlike anything I've seen when it comes to vapor or mist or anything like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely acts weird for it sure. It acts so weird. And then just the, like we said, just the time spent with good close bet my best friends hunting for. You know, mysteries and monsters in the dark and in this with this backdrop of this gorgeous scenery with the moon and the stars and the planets. And I mean, you could really not have asked for a better time. That, that's my thoughts. Yeah. And and I just again, thank you for allowing me to be a part of it. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and I've enjoyed like every second of it. So if you ever get this chance to go along with the paranormal dads on an expedition <laughs> like I did, take them up on it. Aaron, it was an absolute pleasure having you with us oh, thank, thank you, you very man. much for carting us around all over oh the, no problem uh, southwestern uh, um, arkansas and southeast oklahoma it was uh, a great time yeah thank you it was great to be here and my, my takeaway was just you know just the magic of being out in nature you know the the fun of being with your buds and and you know my advice to anybody listening you know there's nothing we didn't do anything special on this trip you know it's not like we have you know, fancy equipment that nobody else has. You know, we were just out there with flashlights and our intuition having a good time. You're fully capable of of planning your own trip like this. Not just to search for dog man, not not just to search for Bigfoot. Whatever you want to search for. If you want to search for glowworms. <laughs> yeah. If if you just want to get out in nature and see what you see. But the point is, be out there, make some memories, schedule a trip, um, stay curious. Uh you know, look look for the unknown. I, I feel like uh, some people are are fearful of unknown uh, events and mysteries, and some people run towards them. We're the kind of people who run towards them, and yeah. and so uh, you know, you get out there and make some memories, and you'll never forget. And I, I certainly did this trip. So thanks for thanks for being a part of that, guys. It meant it, this trip means a lot to me. I'll never forget it. How about you, Pat? Um, yeah, I, I just uh, like I said, I. Um, just appreciate being with you guys, being out, uh, just having some fun and uh, doing some things that I don't get to do a lot. 
uh, just kind of some creepy investigations, and uh, especially this time around Halloween, it, it's uh, it, well, it was just a, a lot of fun. You know, it, it kind of takes you back to when you were a kid and did more of this type of thing, and uh, uh, really enjoyed myself. And uh, great to have you guys along with us, dude. We discovered a, a grave, I mean, a cave under a graveyard. We did. Come on, yeah, it's a grave cave. It's a grave, grave cave. It's a grave cave. <laughs> so, Rhymes are fun. Hey, uh, be sure to uh, check out our social media links, uh, Paranormal Dads at Facebook and Paranormal Dads on Twitter and Paranormal Dads on Instagram. We are also back up on YouTube as well. You can listen to some of our older episodes. We're kind of uh, doling those out slowly. So we started with episode number one, so you can get some of the classic episodes of Paranormal Dads out on, uh, on our YouTube channel. So just search for Paranormal Dads and you'll find us. And, and have, oh. by the time this is released, we'll have a lot of uh, some of our footage, videos, pictures uh, available on our social media sites. And in the meantime, this may take a few months, so bear with us. But we're going to slap together a little mini documentary of all of our shenanigans on the Dogman trip. So we'll announce to the whole world when that's finally available. And hopefully you enjoy that as well. And stay tuned to the YouTube channel as well, because we do have some micro video content that we'll be putting up on that site as well. Uh, from this trip and other things that we've been up to as well, uh, other uh, new adventures as we go and do these things more and more. Um, also, big thanks to uh, the good folks over at freesounds.org for any sound effects you may have heard, and to premiumbeat.com for our amazing theme tunes. And a super thanks to Aaron for being our videographer. This I time. was going to say, so I listened when you guys did your first podcast, and you had Glow Sticks was referenced a lot, right? Glow Sticks! <laughs> so, and we found Glow Worms. Yes. Glow Worms! <laughs> I was thinking about that. The Glow Sticks thing is kind of uh, kind of stepped aside for, for the past few episodes. Uh, you know, early on, we referenced it quite a oh, bit. Yeah, you have to go back and listen to those early fun. episodes oh, to get oh. the joke, but uh, well, yeah. I think in lieu time. of the glow stick reference, uh, many of our uh, regular listeners will know that if you listen past the final theme music, we have blooper outtakes from every single episode, and I think those are, <laughs> if you really want to see what goes on before and after the podcast and some of the outtakes and mistakes that we make, uh, just listen past the music. It, it'll be our little treat to you. So with that, guys, I don't know. Can we get a little uh, little wolf howl to, to put a bow on this episode? I think it's appropriate. Uh-huh. All at once. Ready? Three, two. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. The, not the red, yellow, red leather. Lion face? Lion face, lemon face. Lemon face. Lion face, lemon face. Yeah, I lost you, Olsen. My lemon face is so lemony. He looks constipated. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) What was that? Was that was that your phone? No, man. It was like a drill. I think <laughs> it sounded like music coming from somewhere. It was like it was. It was sounded like a drill. I think you might be right.
seems like we're having a hard time dilating it in today. I don't know. Is it me? No, no, it's it's me. It's not you. It's not yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.